Welcome to another episode of The Producers. I am your co-host, Mark Sands, and with me this evening, as always, is Matt Sands. How are you this evening, sir? I am doing lovely. How about yourself? Good. I'm excellent. Very good. That's good to hear. Um, what are we What are we doing tonight, Matt? Are we uh, walking down memory lane from last New Year's to present day? Sure. Yeah, I guess you could uh, you could put it that way. We're gonna be counting down, sort of, maybe just randomly taking <laughs> off movies that we liked or that we consider our favorites from 2014, from last year. So we're now about six months into 2015. Um, so it kind of feels appropriate to maybe go back and revisit last year now that some time has elapsed and we've had some time to percolate on the films so yeah i know i've got kind of a top three slash four and i know for you you're taking a more <laughs> loose approach to it i have zero list in mind so loose <laughs> is an understatement loosey goosey yeah we'll see what happens <laughs> How do you want to do this? Do you want to go back and forth, or do you want to do you want to kind of kick things off? Um, how about you start? All right, I'll start with sort of my honorable mention slash tied for third place in my favorite movies from last year. Um, the third place slot was really really hard because there are two movies that I liked a lot um, that I didn't want to leave off of the list, but there were two other movies that I think I liked just a little bit better than these two. So kind of kicking off my list, and I know this is one that you said you've not seen yet, um, but I really liked it. My wife and I went and saw it in the theaters, and as soon as the credits started rolling, I audibly, out loud in the theater, just said, wow, Uh, blew me away. It was really good. Um, Birdman, or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance, Alejandro Gonzalez in Aritu's in a, I'm sorry, in a root. I don't know how to say his last name. In a root too. I'm not. Uh, I'm not good at Spanish. Fair enough. If you will. So, uh, no, fantastic movie. Michael Keaton starred in it, of course. Um, Emmanuel Lubezki was the cinematographer of the film. It's sort of like the thing it got the most attention for was appearing to be one continuous shot for the entirety of the movie. For the most part, there's there's a, like two cuts in the film. But um, uh, for me, I think that they chose to do it in one shot helped with the story. Um, It it takes place, Michael Keaton basically plays a version of himself, sort of a former superhero action star trying to revive his acting career. And so he does the serious acting choice and does a play. And the film has the energy and the feel of a play, you know, with theater you don't have the, the option to cut away. You don't have the option to intercut with different things. What you see is what you get. It's happening live on the stage, and that's the feel of Birdman. You, you know that they, they've sort of masked different cuts and things like that because they filmed it over weeks, um, not one day. But it, it does really give it the feel that you're watching a Broadway play play out in front of you. And the story's very sort of avant-garde the music is fantastic it takes a lot of uh, like jazz standards and things like that and it really keeps the tension high um some great acting overall and naomi watts was great emma stone and edward norton were phenomenal uh just 
they're worth seeing the movie for. And then that doesn't even count Michael Keaton's performance, which I hope it revives his career. I really hope this sort of meta movie about his own version of himself uh, does sort of help revive his career because uh, his performance, he was just fantastic in it. Um, there's been a ton written about it, a ton said about it. Uh, won the Academy Award for Best Director, um, and I believe Best Film? Yes. I, uh, best Picture. So, um, fantastic. I, I really loved it. Um, can't say enough good about it. Excellent. Um, I want to check it out. I've been meaning to, especially since it won the Academy Award for the Best Film of the Year. So, clearly there's something about it. I uh, just have yet to do it. Um, yet I find time to watch the uh, kind of the <laughs> the trending teenage flicks. So who knows? Where where are my priorities really though? <laughs> no, variety's the spice of life, sir. You're you're fine. <laughs> That's why they make chocolate and vanilla. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> do you want to take a couple flicks next, or do you want to? Uh I'm trying to decide. I ha- I'm making a list as we. It's a bleeding edge. Uh, <laughs> breaking news. Mark's list. Top seven um, <laughs> that I'm currently reprioritizing because I'm not so sure. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna throw out. I'll throw out Kingsman. Uh, Secret Service. I just watched this movie actually l- this week, and it's been on my radar right. since I've seen the trailer because. I thought the trailer was really interesting. Um, It's based off a comic book. It's written and directed, I believe, by Matthew Vaughn, the uh, creator of the Kick-Ass series. And if you watch that movie, then you will definitely relate to uh, that movie because it feels like a mix between Kick-Ass and Quentin Tarantino. I know that's kind of a weird mashup, but uh, that's kind of how I feel. Given the kind of avant-garde violence with just the the kind of goofiness um and definitely the the action sequences are very reminiscent of of the kick-ass movies uh, so it's kind of how i felt about it uh in terms of like quality of, of movie and production value i really thought it was entertaining uh, lived up to its hype that i had posed for it I kind of had some predispositions walking through, uh, watching the trailer and, and kind of saying, yeah, I think I, I can get a kick out of this movie. So really liked it. Um, Samuel Jackson's character has never been more annoying in any movie except for this one. This is really the peak of his annoyance and, and career, if you ask me. Uh, <laughs> something about his character. Um, but I really loved um, the performance by... Um, What's his name? Taron Egerton, I believe, is the the new child star, if that's even appropriate to call him a child star, a young adult. Um, he he's now being cast in, in a few new roles, so uh, definitely be I'll definitely be on the lookout for for him in future films. Uh, Colin Firth did great. Michael Caine's character, uh, Mark Strong, uh, great performances, great acting. Um, yeah, very, very good movie. Recommend it. Two thumbs up. Very interesting. I saw the trailer for it and just was like, oh, that looks hokey. Like it looked corny. It was a corny movie. But, you know, I, the same can be said about Quentin Tarantino films, I feel like. Wrong. Uh, Wrong. <laughs> ducks. Uh. 
<laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know what I mean, right? Like, they're like the opening scene in Glorious Bastards, right? Corny, not bad corny. Just it's corny. Co- the opening scene in Glorious Bastards. Yes. The tension in that opening scene is through the roof. You got Jewish okay. people hiding under the floorboards while a Nazi is upstairs interrogating the the owner of the house. Yeah. Okay, corny is a bad word. I, I know exactly <laughs> what you're saying. Um, what's the, help me out here? What's a good at what? What's the word I'm looking for? Um, like over the top, maybe. Yes. Like sort of, it's not even heightened realism. It's it's really I, I, what I'm thinking is over the top. Okay, sure. Um, Let's go with that then. I, I can see what you mean by that. Because um, there's like a corny over the top. Was that what kind of Kingsman was like? Like, It was definitely over the top. Like, not to give anything away, but there were scenes where people's heads were exploding. And uh, it was fireworks instead of like blood, uh, bloodbath. Yeah. Right? So. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, I follow. Yeah. So sort of like, gosh... I keep thinking like hyper realism, but that's not what it is. Um, yeah, there's there's a a word or something that we're not thinking of, but I think we're on the same page. I, I get what you're saying now. I follow. Thank you. <laughs> Someone's <laughs> listening to this and just shaking their head and in, <laughs> in frustration. I, on that note, I learned a new word today. Um, someone who I work with worked at a movie theater for five years, and I don't know if this is a universal term, but they labeled. CMGs, the common common moviegoers. So uh. I dub myself the CMG of the show. <laughs> I am the common moviegoer. That's funny. CMGs. I'm gonna use that. The more you know. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess I can go ahead and uh, kick off my official number three pick. Uh, so Birdman sort of tied for third place slash honorable mention, but uh, I think Nightcrawler as my third pick sort of edges Birdman out. Um, what I feel is the most underrated movie from last year, Dan Gilroy's Nightcrawler, was fantastic. Um, I've got a friend that's a huge movie buff. He actually uh, is a professor at a college and teaches some film classes. And uh, I... I told him about Nightcrawler, told him he had to see it, and described it as sort of a sort of a modern-day taxi driver almost. Okay. Um, like if Travis Bickle from Taxi Driver worked for a news outlet almost. It's The movie is just crazy. Jake Gyllenhaal stars in it. He plays an independent contractor who essentially follows news stories as a cameraman right so if he hears about a bad car accident he's there with the video camera to capture it if there's a shootout he's there with a camera and then he sells that footage to uh news outlets and ends up striking a relationship with one particular news outlet um becomes kind of their go-to guy because of the links that he's willing to take in obtaining the footage including things that are ethically and morally honestly just despicable Uh, But he's willing to go that far for the shot and to sort of capture this action. And it's a great, great sort of scathing take on, like, corporate capitalism veiled in this sort of, you know, news agency 
kind of a thing. It's, it's basically traf, uh, Taxi Driver meets Network uh, for any classic film buffs. Fantastic stuff. The writing is phenomenal. Again, Jake Gyllenhaal, it's, he is so good in everything that he does. I, I feel like he sort of gets overlooked as an actor as well. And the last few years, he has really, really put out some great work. Dan Gilroy wrote and directed the movie. Um, he was the writer of The Bourne Legacy and also the writer of one of your un- most underrated films, The Fall. Okay. So, yeah, he wrote and directed that. And then the cinematographer, Robert Elswit, is Paul Thomas Anderson's go-to cinematographer. He's done every Paul Thomas Anderson movie. So, Magnolia, Through There Will Be Blood, Heart Eight boogie nights everything um and he also did the mission impossible ghost protocol film as well um really really solid cinematographer and the movie takes place in la mostly on the freeways and it's gorgeous and it's haunting and uh it's it's fantastic i nightcrawler hands down most underrated movie from 2014 and my number three pick on my favorites from last year very good that has also been on my radar to see since yeah, i've you, seen the trailer yeah um, you need to see it as soon as possible man, mainly because i think i i mean i may be wrong and don't correct me if i am wrong but i don't think the trailer <laughs> gives that much away um it it just looks it looks like you know all right this is enough to tell me that yeah i'm interested in seeing this movie it doesn't spoil right. anything that I, I'm aware of. I, I don't even remember the trailer other than the fact that, yeah, it looked interesting at the time. Yeah. Yeah, the trailer sort of piqued my interest on it, and I watched it kind of on a flyer last year. It didn't, I think it may have gotten nominated for screenplay. Um, I think it got nominated that was for the only, a few. Yeah, so it didn't get a ton of attention last year, and I sort of watched it just on a whim, and, boy, really, really enjoyed it. Really good stuff. Man, I gotta see that movie. Yes, you do. Absolutely. Um, this is a bad list, but <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna tie the next two movies: uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and Captain America: Winter Soldier. Um, yeah, both oh, both Marvel Marvel movies, and we kind of talked about them um, in shows past. So I'm not gonna say any more to that other than um i i think the hype when guardians of the galaxy came out it had a ton of hype and it was just really maybe a little overblown when i went and saw it and it was kind of like Mm. it was good yeah i liked it but it wasn't like you know mind shattering any type of um I, i just didn't walk away feeling like I needed to like call my parents and tell them to get out of bed and see this movie. Um, right. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, it was good. Um, but you know, thinking back to it and, and the fact that the new Avengers movie kind of ties into the, the plot line of gardens of the galaxy. It got me thinking back to that movie and I, I actually really liked it. And the whole, um, radio, um, music kick that Chris Pratt's character is into, I really do like that um, that just whole yeah. vibe of his character and and however many times I've heard I am Groot this year um, <laughs> is almost enough to make me not like this movie, but it does m- remind me of it and the fact that I, yeah I did enjoy it so if you haven't seen it Absolutely. go see it yeah I agree it's a good movie very good 
It'd be it might it would probably be in my top ten. Yep. That's all I have. For nice. now. Alright. <laughs> Alright, that'll work. Um let's see. Number two on my list, and this was kind of a tough one because the more I thought about this movie and the more I sort of still kinda of sit with it and and think about it, the more I do like it and the more I wanna see it again. Uh number two is Boyhood, Richard Linklater's Boyhood. Um, I watched it at home, actually, on the couch one night. Uh, my wife was cleaning the house. That makes me sound like a terrible husband, but we, she told me I could. It was I offered my help. I just want to throw that out there. Um, but So she's cleaning the house, and I'm watching Boyhood, and it's maybe about a half an hour in, and she had just stopped cleaning, put everything down, and was sitting on the couch with me. She got sort of absorbed in the movie with me. And... Um, we just sort of went on the journey of boyhood together it's it's a fantastic movie uh it's a little bit long it's um not quite three hours long about two hours and 40 minutes give or take but oh my gosh really really good and again another movie this year like birdhood or birdman i'm sorry birdhood like birdman that got a lot of attention for the technique in that they literally took 12 years to make the movie they would uh take like three to four weeks out of the year to film scenes with this boy um and the and sort of the main cast and go through up until from the time he was six years old to the time that he was 18 years old and going away to college um not a documentary this is a fictional story it's a fictional narrative um but it's really really well done everything ties together perfectly they're sort of vignettes you know each scene sort of could be a standalone short film almost but the transitions are seamless from one year to the next. The story all ties together. You feel like you're... When the movie's over, Some I heard this on a podcast recently, so I'm stealing this for our podcast. Um, but when you're done watching Boyhood and you think about it, it almost feels like you're thinking about your own memories from Boyhood. It just sort of touches all the right emotional buttons and sort of the right right major events in a, in a child's life. And again, you know, being a boy, I related to it a lot more. I don't know if I would have so much if it was girlhood, but I'm sure women would have. But I think there are still universal things that happen in the film, especially in regards to the family relationships that, uh, that really it just it hits every note. Um, there's a, like two or three sort of missteps I, I think that the film has in it that sort of keep it maybe from becoming... I, I think it will be considered a great film in the future, but I think um, there are two or three scenes that will always be pointed out like, well, that could have been done better. But it doesn't fault the movie for me. It doesn't make it any worse. Um, I, I think it's fantastic. Again, another one that if you haven't seen, absolutely should uh, should seek out. Very good. Uh, I will be honest. I haven't had any strong desires to see this movie. I, I think it's very interesting that... Um, you know, I'm kind of alive in the days where this happened. And sometimes I think of like, what if they had a, a, such a giant movie that it spanned, you know, generations or something to produce? Um, like what movies am I, am I missing out on today that aren't out because they're just taking a long time? Um, I thought this uh, about this with uh, Avatar and Mad Max. You know, they were years right. in the making. And it's like, wow, you know, it really paid off to see. So it's like, what's happening now that yeah, in a decade, we'll see it and think similar things. So 
Um, so it is pretty cool how they, they followed this kid around, I guess. It's kind of <laughs> super weird, but... Yeah, and it's it's amazing that they were able to keep it a secret that, that nobody in the cast or crew sort of leaked out what they were doing. They would always just sort of say, oh, yeah, we're going to make a short film. Um, but they were able to raise financing for it and and get it made without anybody knowing. And it's sort of the first time that's ever really been tried in this format. And, and again, really, really pulled it off well. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm with you. When I saw the trailer and stuff, it was like, oh, that's interesting. That's intriguing. Um, but after I watched it, it was like, oh, no, that was exceeded expectations. Very good. Um, my next movie, I'm going to wait because it's your, your number one. Um, so okay. I'm going to plug Edge of Tomorrow, which, again, we already discussed. Yeah. But uh, it's on HBO all the time. And I probably have seen it a dozen times at least. Oh, and wow. <laughs> I just I love watching it. I don't know what it is about it, but I I just get a kick out of watching that movie. Just endless action, not cheesy. Uh, aliens, yeah. mecha warriors, swords, guns, lasers, science. That's right up my alley. <laughs> um, everyone Absolutely. kind of has their their niche, so that's me. And I totally understand if uh, if that's not anybody <laughs> else. So. No, no, it's it fits me, and if that's what you like, you like it. Sometimes I think that can be sort of the downside to trying to be a hardcore movie fan or something. Oh yeah, is that you tend to like the same things that everybody else likes. You know what I mean? It's sort of like <laughs> yeah. you'll stay away from movies like Edge of Tomorrow because you have like, oh, it's an action film. I'm gonna be snobby and not go see that, yeah. and then you end up missing out on a really fun science fiction movie and a really well done one because I, I do think Edge of Tomorrow was good um, and if you're sort of one of those snobby film guys like I like I tend to be um, <laughs> you, you miss out on some fun stuff and things like Guardians of the Galaxy and Captain of America or not Captain of America my gosh Captain America are, are two movies that are sort of like that my friend Sam the film guy the film professor he's sort of snobby like to the point where he's like no I won't even go see those it's like well Man, let your inner child out. Like, have some fun. <laughs> yeah. Be entertained. Have a bucket of popcorn and be entertained by a movie for yes. an hour and a half. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. That's its sort of primary function, I would say. So. Yeah. No, for sure. But that's uh, <laughs> that's exactly what I do. It's uh, um. Shoot, you know, I thought there was a name I had stored up in my memory banks for this somewhere, but can't think of it. Just just feel good movies. Um. Yeah. So yeah. Do you have anything else on your list? Because I've got one left. So if you've got anything else you want to shout out, uh, uh, hit us. With I them. do. Um, so if you just want me to go, and we can save the next one. Um, and then if you want to be thinking of some anti picks, I actually have a list of anti picks. Oh, um, good call. So my number one is actually the movie Big Hero Six, uh, nice. animated film, also based off of comic books. I'm seeing a trend. Um, I. So let me preface this by saying, if you don't know, I am a software engineer and this movie is kind of about computer programmers who make robots. Um, but it's really more about the robot and uh, this coming of age story where this kid kind of loses his family and tries to make something of himself and save the world. But I just, I got really into just the whole idea of this rebel kid who kind of just wanted to use his creativity and 
and wit and and skill to build something and the opening scene with the the battle battling the robots was like oh yeah that's like totally something that i can see myself doing um (laughs) and then you see like his older brother who uh is also super smart but builds robot for good and it's like it's like yeah that's fun battling robots and stuff but really like the pinnacle of your success should be a way to help people with your your um robotic smarts and stuff like that so i i just got really into it the the science and the tech like my inner techie just got a hold of me and i really just clutched onto the movie so i just really liked it because it really just fits my personality and my day-to-day life really so i i just thought it was great again another movie that just kind of sits well with me probably doesn't sit well with everybody um but yeah i loved it I'm with you on that one again. Yeah, I, again, sort of a popcorn entertainment movie, but really well done. Uh, I thought the concept was cool. And, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it a lot, too. I'm with you, man. Yep. Take it home, Matthew. Uh, all right. Uh, I know both you and I were huge on this movie last year. I actually saw it twice within, like, a week And I had to convince you to see year. it. Yeah, which is crazy. I wanted to see it. It was like it was one of those like the trailer was intriguing. Uh-huh. And I was like, "Oh, I might see that eventually." And then when you saw it, you went bananas oh, for yeah. it. Oh yeah. I was like, "Okay, I'll watch it." And then seriously, within one week, I watched it twice. Um, we're talking about Damien Chazelle's Whiplash. Man, what a phenomenal movie. In short, very economical. It's uh, I think total running time is um, 107 minutes. Gosh, hour and a, 107 minutes, yes. About not quite an hour and 40. Um, but wow, fantastic. It's based on a short, which is sort of cheating. What happened, Damien Chazelle wrote this film and could not get it financed. Couldn't get anybody that was interested in it to finance the feature length. So he sort of whittled down his script to a short script and got that made and it uh, got into Sundance I believe and from that he was able to raise financing for the feature film sort of got people interested in seeing this sort of condensed version of it and then was able to get the feature length made which is a really interesting way to get a a movie made today yeah um, because short films are cheap to make Um, they're easy to get into not easy to get into festivals if they're good they get in but uh it's an easier way to get people to see something if you want financing because they have a lot more time to watch a 15-minute movie than they do an hour and a half one or maybe 15 minutes to watch a movie than they do to read a full script. So kind of a cool marketing technique from him there. But uh, stars Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons. Uh, Miles Teller is an aspiring jazz drummer at a conservatory, and J.K. Simmons is sort of the most prestigious instructor at the at the conservatory with this super elite jazz band and miles teller gets the chance to drum for him and it's just it's a struggle for power and for prestige and how far will somebody go for their passion um what's too far to push somebody with their passion uh just oh my gosh it's it's fantastic yeah i'm just thinking of the movie in my head and some of those scenes um it's 
It's so, yeah. Ah, so good. I want to watch it right now, actually. I know, um, right? <laughs> and just the final scene, just how the movie ends is so perfect. Yes. There were two movies for me this year where some, like there was a buildup to an end, and I was like screaming in my head, like, cut to black, cut to black, like, end now, end now. <laughs> and one movie, which will be on one of my anti-movie lists, did not end. And it was like, oh, no. But Whiplash did. I was like, oh, my gosh, what would happen if they just stopped right here? And then it did. And I was just like, ah, yes, they got it. Like, nailed it. Uh, so good and intense. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, I don't even know. It's And even more amazing is Miles Teller plays the drums on screen for most of the movies. I guess they yeah. sort of overdubbed an actual drummer. Yeah, so Nate Lang actually, uh, he yeah. he's Carl, uh, the backup drummer. Uh, they yes. kind of fight and switch roles quite a few uh, times in the movie, but he he actually does all the the recording. He is actually in a New York jazz band and uh, top Miles Teller for I think three to four months before shooting. Um, just some basic rudimentary skills, and that way it can like kind of look real. And he dubbed all of it, so. The other drummer in this movie actually is a real drummer, and and he is kind of the the soundtrack as far as I know. Um, yeah. So yeah, definitely legit. Yeah, it's just super impressive. And again, the thing I loved most about it is that it was so economical. Like if you go back and watch them, you need to go and watch it one time through, and then watch it a second time with everything sort of in mind, and little things start to pop out like. It's sort of like breadcrumbs to a trail. The screenplay absolutely threads it exactly where it should go each time. And you should be able to see it coming, and you don't the first time you see it. But sometimes when things like that happen, you're sort of like when you know something's coming in a movie and you've seen it before, the intensity's lowered or, you know, you're sort of let down like, oh, it's kind of a one-trick pony. Not with Whiplash. Whiplash, you still know what's coming. But when you see in the screenplay, like, different things that are coming up, you're like, oh, like, different characterization and things like that. I wish I had a specific example. I I should have watched this tonight before we did this. <laughs> but uh, it, it's just, it's a great screenplay. Um, great acting. J.K. Simmons is fantastic in everything that he does. And I'm so glad that he won the Supporting Actor Award uh, because he's deserved it for years. Uh, he puts in stellar performances every time. And this is just one of those like career-defining moments, and uh, it's it's so good. yeah, so so. Good. And I know a couple of J.K. Simmons' lines were improv. I, I don't think all of them were, but I I think a few were. Um, and there's some, you know, it's pretty good. I mean, it. it I wouldn't say this movie's physically violent. Uh, no. Emotionally, yes, but almost in a kind of a humorous way, like a, a dark humor, maybe. Um, Oh, yeah. But just enough to kind of, you know, it, it probably will remind you of just those tough, um, whether it's a teacher or just tough parents or tough, um, just anyone that you kind of had influence, has, has had influence on you. Uh, just, those people stick out in your head when you're watching this movie and you're just kind of like, yeah, man, that was, that was super real. So, um, yeah, there's definitely a lot to be said about just the emotional state of mind with watching this movie and just the whole performance. Oh, so good. Watch it. We may just have to do a whole episode just on whiplash because I, I think we really could talk about it for hours. <laughs> so 
Yeah. Oh, man. So good. It really is. Fantastic. So, yeah, that rounds out our sort of top movies from 2014. So, for me, it was uh, Birdman, Boyhood, Nightcrawler, and Whiplash. And I reversed two of those, but you listened to this far, so you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to kind of recap the ones you talked about real quick? I deleted my list. Thank you. But <laughs> from memory, uh, there was Edge of Tomorrow, Big Hero 6. Guardians of the Galaxy slash um, Captain America Winter Soldier. And the first one I did was Kingsman. Kingsman. Yes, thank you. Yep. All right, and you said you've got some anti-movies. I do have some anti-picks. Your uh, least favorite? Is that what we're going for? I have two anti-picks because I wasn't sure which one to pick. and um, I'll start. I I think I know which one you're talking about. Um, We'll get to that. so I'm going to start with Taken 3, um, my uh, anti-pick for 2014. And Taken 3. Uh, it was so bad that it turned into Chuck Norris bad, and I ended up loving it <laughs> because some of the some of those scenes were like, oh, come on, that could, wait, did he just, no way, this is awesome. Like that was like literally my thought process um, because it was just like, okay, this is ridiculous. They have clearly like thrown away any sort of respect for this film so uh, (laughs) now i know what i'm watching and i will just continue to watch (laughs) matt i don't know if you've seen this movie i I don't think you have have you seen take i did not yeah i did not see taken three well you're not missing anything i saw take i saw the original taken and i was super not into it i i had major problems with it morally <laughs> um and then i watched taken two and it was kind of like okay that wasn't awful so i didn't even i didn't even see taken three but that could be a whole other episode to my thoughts on the taken series but <laughs> sure but yeah taken three just a really bad movie um mainly with the special effects i think there was a scene where he like drove his car into an elevator shaft and like drove out the bottom or something or jumped out and it blew up and like flew like Charlie the Chocolate Factory's tower or elevator tower. I, I don't even know. It was just something s- just totally bonkers. Anyway, not to mention the uh, the semi tractor trailers when they when they fall over, they don't just fall over once. They flip and roll and do a barrel roll like 500 times because you know semi yeah. trucks have the ability to do barrel rolls. <laughs> Anyway, you're up. Right, I'll I'll piggyback. I've got three movies that I would say. Oh wow. Maybe not maybe not terrible movies, but for me were were big disappointments last year. And up first for me is Fury, the Brad Pitt movie Fury with Shia LaBeouf, huh, okay. uh, Logan Lerman, the David Ayer directed movie. Uh, I actually went and saw this with our dad, and we both kind of left thinking the same thing. Like, man, it really had potential to be good, but for some reason it just sort of fell flat. Um, there's the last scene in the movie, the last, I would say even maybe half an hour of the movie is, should be super emotional. And because of different things that have happened along the way in the film, the emotion just doesn't hit. Um, it sort of misses the mark. It felt like at times, like they should have just tightened the editing up a little bit. Like scenes just ran a little too long or a shot would go on a little too long. Like it was trying to be a little bit artsy. You know, and it was one of those, like, 
you're a war movie. Like, I, I get that you're trying to do something different. Kind of like a Saving Private Ryan. I feel like it was really going for that Saving Private Ryan feel. But it just, it, somewhere it missed the mark. Yeah. And it fell flat, and I, I left just, I was very, very disappointed with it. I, I think there were great things about the movie mm-hmm. um, and some good things about it, but I think overall it just, it, it fell flat. Well, that's too bad. I haven't seen it. I wanted to. Still might. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I don't think I can recommend watching it, but it's. Uh-huh. If you do, I don't blame you. Sure. One of those kind of things. Yeah. Thank you, Matt. Um, my next, and this is the last anti pick that I have, uh, is Lucy. Um, mm-hmm. Scarlett Johansson plays uh, a character that kind of gets. becomes a drug. Uh, transfer a, dra- a transporter of drugs and somehow gets in her bloodstream and she becomes some sort of superhero a la limit uh, Brad uh, Bradley Cooper's limitless um, and just starts kicking butt and can like move time it's just it had potential the trailer to me was like oh this is one of those uh, um, feel-good movies that I'm just I will love to see, you know, and watching it and about honestly about 20 minutes into it. I'm like, this is kind of dumb. And then 30 (laughs) minutes into it, I'm like, why am I still watching this? By the time it was over, I was like, what a terrible movie. I want that back. Like I want my time back. (laughs) It was that bad. If you like this movie, shame on you because it is horrible. And I have no, I don't feel bad saying that because I really think this movie just sucked. Um, Scarlett Johansson's <laughs> career, I'm surprised it's not really ruined for, because I just think it was just the most awkward movie. The whole I, I do not understand the ending at all. Um, just so many things I wanted that direct, the direction for that movie to go to, and it didn't, and I'm super bummed, and I think it just... I'm just mad. I'm mad right now, if you can't tell, because it's just... <laughs> maybe I compared it too much to Limitless in my head because Limitless was good, and this was like the sucky version i'm sorry i just offended i just offended three people i think but um all right uh that's all i have to say about lucy don't watch it matt you're up (laughs) um i have not seen lucy i'll i'll have to not watch it for you Um, or if you do watch it watch it with friends with like bad movie bingo cards nice nice um my next disappointing movie was Foxcatcher, Bennett Miller's Foxcatcher, with Steve really? Cooper, Channing Tatum, and Mark Ruffalo. That was nominated Super. for Academy Awards, wasn't it? Um, it got a couple of um, award nominations. I think one of them was Best Picture, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Exactly. <laughs> and let's see. Sorry, looking it up real quick. No, no, it was not. Thank God. Um, best Performance by an Actor, Steve Carell, and then Supporting Actor for Mark okay. Ruffalo, which both of those... I'm okay with that. I, I think they both did a really good job. Steve Carell, normally a very comedic actor, again, sort of an over-the-top kind of a guy, puts in a great performance, and Mark Ruffalo was fantastic in it. Um, achievement in directing for Bennett Miller, I do not agree. Writing original screenplay, I don't agree. And then makeup and hair, which is, that's whatever, that's fine. But, uh, no, I f- the story was really interesting, um, even sort of the mood that the whole movie went with was interesting. Uh, there's just something about it. Again, it sort of, sort of fell flat. And again, I think it goes back to the editing, like Fury. There were 
there were a lot of shots in Foxcatcher that I felt went on for like five, six, seven seconds too long. And that doesn't seem like a long time, but when you're watching a movie, a shot that runs on for five extra seconds is a is an eternity. That is way too long. Um, it could have, it should have been under two hours, and I think it would have been a little bit better. And I know some of the scenes they were trying to drive up the tension, um, and again they were trying to be a little bit, you know, I don't know, not artsy because I, I don't know. Sure. They were just trying to go for a different vibe, and it, again, it just it missed the mark a little bit, and. What could have been a, a better movie turned out to be sort of a meh for me. So, I don't know. And then the last two, I think you agree with me on. I, I'm pretty sure you've seen both of these. Um, the Imitation Game with Benedict Cumberbatch. Okay. I was very disappointed in that movie. I, I don't get the hype. For me, this is the most overrated movie of last year. Um, it got nominated for Best Picture. It got nominated and won for Screenplay. I don't think the writing was very good. I don't think the movie was very good. I think the acting in it was okay. Benedict Cumberbatch was fine in it, but he basically played Sherlock, um, a gay Sherlock. And Kira Knightley was okay. I thought she did a good job in it. But the movie just was like, again, a super yeah. interesting person that the movie was based on, a super interesting story, and it just felt like to me it just fell flat it was just sort of like by the end you kind of don't care and the ending should have been so powerful he committed suicide because he'd been outed as a homosexual he was going through chemical castration it should have been super emotional and powerful and it wasn't and some of that was because of the way they did the screenplay they sort of did it as a flashback and it was sort of confusing at first like wait this is a flashback or is this not a flashback and it kind of went back and forth. It just there was too much going on. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I like the story. Like, um, of course, Alan yeah. Turing being a computer programmer, um, and I completely agree with you. I think the movie focused way too much on the fact that he had difficulty making friends with uh, his cryptographers. Um, yeah, and it ended up being like a you know what I'm friends with Kara Knightley, and not that one guy from Downton Abbey. Um, <laughs> and it was just like this is really just not. <laughs> Yeah, like exactly what you said. Uh, so yeah, it was just didn't work out as well as I'd hoped. Yeah, too much going on. Like they they had two stories that they wanted to tell, and tried to tell both, and they should have just picked one. And it was, yeah. And then my last one, Christopher Nolan's Interstellar. Boy, did I have high expectations going into this, like through the roof. And so maybe some of this is on me <laughs> because I had too high of expectations. Um, but this is the movie, like Whiplash, where there became a certain point where I was like, end it now, end it now, and it didn't. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, so if you haven't seen the movie, yeah. stop listening. It gets to the part where he's in the sort of time warp, or whatever you call it, the wormhole, and he's relayed the message back to his daughter, Jessica Chastain, and they've sort of, like, you know they're going to save Earth, they've had this sort of daughter father moment that's sort of been building up for the whole time and then he says now what and the time warp sort of sucks in and it goes to black and i was like okay like i had some problems with this movie up to this point but if you end it right here this is really interesting and i hope you stop this is great and then it picks up and goes on for another half an hour and tells us 
everything that we just saw again in a worse way. It just, it was like, oh my gosh, way too long. Yeah. I, it was, I, the editing choice there was awful. Somebody needed to tell Nolan, like, dude, this is good. This is a good movie. It's not a great movie, but it's good. Cut the last half an hour totally in your mind. <laughs> yeah. I I have a lot I want to say to this, but I maybe we should do just a whole episode on it because... I think we um, could. What I have to say is very spoiler worthy. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah, we'll say that for another time. Another time. But uh, so, so there you go. There you have it. <laughs> Indeed, but I mean, following off a, a great Batman trilogy, um, he had some big shoes to fill of his own shoes. So I, that's kind of weird to, to say, but um, yeah, for sure. Agreed. Disappointed. Well, we thank you for uh, listening to this episode of The Producers. And we hope to see you again next time when maybe we discuss Interstellar. Or maybe we discuss the movie that I have yet to see, Tomorrowland, directed by Brad Bird, written by Brad Bird and Damon Lindelof and others who have given disappointing reviews. However, I beg to differ, given the fact that, come on, it's Brad Bird, could he really make a bad movie? (laughs) Let's find out. Maybe one day on The Producers. Goodbye.